Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rabotai. So, we are still continuing on the halachot, the complicated halachot of telling a non-Jew to do melacha for you on Shabbat. And we're going to simplify them as much as possible. Yesterday we mentioned that uh, you're not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do something, but if he does it for himself, that would, that would be allowed. And if he's doing it for you explicitly and you tell him to do it for you, then it's forbidden. That's why we said clicking on Amazon for Saturday, it's like you're telling him to do something for you that wouldn't be allowed. Now, uh, for, uh, another case that was uh, very common, uh, it was a big controversy in Morocco, was that in order to prepare the, the Khamin, the Dafina, before, the, uh, uh, b- before Shabbat, there was a communal oven where a non-Jew was in charge of putting the food in the oven. Must have been at least uh, somewhat cooked. If not, there would have been a problem of Bishul Akum. And they would and they would bring the they would bring the pot there before Shabbat. And then many times they brought it in twenty minutes before Shabbat, and there was fifty uh, uh, fifty uh, pots. So the non-Jew can't cook all of them before Shabbat. So during Shabbat he would put it in and he would cook it. So the question was asked, and it was a bit controversy, that a per, that the non-Jew is cooking for you, is doing melacha for you on Shabbat. So Rabbi Yitzchak ben Walid in Vayomer Yitzchak Orachayim Siman Chafhei talks about this. He has a very short piece on this. And he says that indeed, if there is no time before Shabbat for the action to be done, it was forbidden. It would be forbidden. But let's say you give it to the non-Jew that he would have technically enough time for him to do it before Shabbat, and he doesn't ha- and 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 he he doesn't do it for whatever reason he's lazy, that is allowed because that that he didn't do it on time is his issue, but you didn't tell him to do it specifically on Shabbat. The uh, the great Rav Eliezer Di Abila, who is the great Chacham from Rabat, he says he has a sefer Ma'ayan Ganim as well as other Moroccan Rabbanim throughout the generation, like Rabbi Shalom, Misas' ancestor, Divri Shalom, in Orachayim Siman Aleph, uh, all argue on this, and they say that even if there was no time, but if you're giving it to him, I'm sorry, even if there was time, and you're giving him the, the, the pot, and you know that he's going to put it there on Shabbat, it's as if you're telling him to put it there on Shabbat. Rabbi Shalom, Misas, brings this down in, uh, in Tfuat Shamesh, uh, Orachayim Siman, uh, Siman Memchet, when he was asked about this specific case, and he takes a more stringent opinion, not like Vayom Meritzchak. So that's a, that, that's a discussion. But this I want to clarify, is when you don't have permission to tell a non-Jew to do something. And since you don't have permission to do it, if he's doing it on his own, that is where there's a disagreement whether he's allowed or not. But the Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim Siman Shin Zayin Sifhei talks about what happens in certain scenarios where you will have permission to tell a non-Jew to do something. What is that case? When we are talking about an Isur de Rabbanan, a rabbinic prohibition. And there the Shulchan Aruch evokes the principle of Shvut de Shvut bimakom mitzvah or bimakom hefsed or bimakom choli. Which means that when you have a double de Rabbanan, one de Rabbanan you have built in, telling a non-Jew to do melacha for you on Shabbat, we have determined is a melacha de Rabbanan. Many times we've said that. And then, 
The other Dirabban is the actual, you're telling him to do a Melacha Dirabbanan. You're telling him to move Muktzeh. You're telling him to uh, go on a tree to, to get a Shofar, which is also a rabbinic prohibition. This is why you have to be proficient in all the laws of Shabbat to know what's Deoraita or Dirabbanan. And if you determine that this action is actually a Dirabbanan, and you tell a non-Jew to do it, so that's a double Dirabbanan, in cases, three cases, in cases of a mitzvah, or in cases of a hefsed, when we have to discuss, is that a great loss or not a great loss, but we'll say it's called a, a, a great loss, or in case of sickness, not totally sick, because totally sick, you're always allowed to do, uh, uh, ask an Anjur to do melacha, but it's a little bit less, you know, a person is not feeling well, those three scenarios, one would be able to tell a non-Jew explicitly, he could tell him, Boris, turn on the light, for, uh, well, if you did a banan, go climb a tree in order to get, whatever you determine is a did a banan, go move this hammer. You're allowed to tell him specifically. And once Chachamim allowed you to tell him explicitly, they also waived any prohibition that you're not allowed to benefit from the Melech of a non-Jew. So the first thing that you're going to have to determine, and we'll speak about tomorrow a little bit more, is anytime you have a permit, uh, you, every time you have to tell a goy something, you have to determine is there a permission or not permission? Because if there's no permission and you're, he has time to do it on his own, like we mentioned the first part of our halakha, then it's a question when you're allowed to benefit, when you're not allowed to benefit, and that gets into very murky waters. Sometimes allowed, sometimes if it was already a little bit cooked, it's, it's anyways allowed. But then you have another scenario when you're totally have permission to tell an Anju to do something, then you would be able to benefit as well. So that's a big, important introduction. We'll speak about it a little bit more tomorrow. Chazaku Baruch.